Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Collinson, worldwide leaders in loyalty creating and orchestrating loyalty initiatives and programs for some of the world's biggest brands in travel, retail and financial services. Doing it globally for over 30 years. Want to know more? Go to collinsongroup.com. Hello and welcome to episode 216 of Let's Talk Loyalty. A conversation with our friends in Collinson. James Berry is the commercial director of the Value Dynamics business. And he joined me to share some of the game-changing concepts they believe are becoming pivotal for loyalty professionals. We discussed the dramatic changes in consumer behavior and some of the ways that Collinson has found to connect programs, consumers and merchants in order to ensure that our loyalty programs become even more relevant in our everyday lives. We also discussed some of the emerging technologies like blockchain, the metaverse and cryptocurrencies really key tools and technologies that we as loyalty professionals need to understand and certainly at some point implement in response to the increasing expectations of our customers. So, James Berry, joining me from Value Dynamics in Collinson in the UK. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. Good to be here. Great, great. You're looking very smart. I was very impressed to see you're back in your office today, James. I am back in the office and it's it's nice to be uh, back amongst the real world and and, and seeing familiar faces yeah. and new faces. There's been a lot of change as, as well and that's exciting. And I know Collinson is actually growing a lot, James, aren't you, in terms of people? It, it is, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very forward-looking business. Um, we're, we're excited by yeah, everyone's come through a, a challenging period. We're excited about the future. And, mm. uh, and there's lots going on, as always, across various parts of the business. Wonderful. Well, we'll get into all of that today. So before we do, please do tell me, James, personally now speaking, what would you say is your favorite loyalty program? Well, I'm probably slightly uh, influenced by this from, from both a, a client relationship that we have, but also my personal experience and particularly actually over the last two years with uh, British Airways Executive Club and, mm. and, and the Avios currency. So I was fortunate enough that my last travel before COVID impact hit was a ski trip, ski trip to, to Whistler, Vancouver. Ooh. And that was uh, using a, a, a redemption flight, companion voucher, so able to travel business class. Wow. And then my first flight after COVID was exactly the same repeat journey. So it's, uh, it, it's a great example of a program that was able to continue to offer value and it yeah. engage with me as a member, yeah. Yeah. even though I wasn't traveling. So that's, uh, that's a really critical part of, uh, of the value story there. 
Yes, yeah. And I mean, there has been so much dramatic change over the last two years, but just to credit you and the British Airways Executive Club to get you long haul business class on a super fun ski trip. I just think that that <laughs> kind of proves why we do what we do, I guess, you know. And it's... Exactly. And yeah. but, but I do, I have to say, also like some of the simplicity. So yeah. the, the, the simpler programs that, that, that enable me to, to get a free coffee every every eighth purchase yeah. Still, still engage with them very regularly. So it's it's nice to have the the variance. T- totally, yes, yes. Well, I'm a big fan of free coffee as well. So, <laughs> so listen to me. Um, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, as we said, it's been a massive time of transition for all of us. Um, certainly, the travel industry, I suppose, is where Collinson historically has been extremely strong. Um, I've certainly enjoyed using various lounges, for example, on my own travels and always kind of, you know, think of you guys when I do. But I think there's a lot more that you're doing now, um, particularly through this time. So I'd love to um, understand, you know, Value Dynamics as a division of the Collinson Group, maybe just as a starting point for anyone not familiar. Of course, Value Dynamics, as you say, has been been an important part of Collinson for a number of years. Um, What we've discovered and, 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 and understood there's a real opportunity to drive the particular uh, focus of the propositions that we have. And, and that's predominantly been around adding retail and network partnerships into the loyalty programs that, that we've worked with uh, over the years. As mm. you say, we've got a real heritage in in, in, in a travel industry, mm-hmm. um, but we've worked very much alongside that to bring the right type of offers and partners into the travel programs that we've mm-hmm. worked with over a number of years, mm-hmm. but also broadening that into financial services sector. Uh, and again, understanding it's, it's always been a core part of our business as well. Mm-hmm. And understanding how that, that, that comes together to, to really offer the everyday value into the, the programs and relationships that our clients have with their end customers mm-hmm. and how we can supplement and, and, and support that. So Value Dynamics um, has created, been created to, to really drive that value through that network of partnerships that we have. Okay, okay. And it sounds like, you know, of course, that was particularly relevant, useful and compelling throughout the last couple of years when, to be honest, most of us weren't getting on planes and weren't going yeah. off on nice ski trips. But clearly, that, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, but um, it sounds like that thinking and that um, understanding was already something you guys had identified as the market needing. It, it, it was. And, and to be honest, it was a trend that we'd seen emerging pre, pre-COVID. Uh, a lot of the relationships we developed over many years with the travel loyalty programs in particular, mm. they had an ambition and, 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 a, and, a, and a strategy to be more relevant every day. They wanted to become everyday yeah. lifestyle uh, and relevant programs to people's everyday lives. Yeah. So we'd already seen that. Um, and I think all really that we saw through the COVID period was that that was accelerated. Um, mm. And obviously those that, that were able to then fast track some, some some strategies and some thinking around that um, yeah. and, and capitalize on on you know, at the end of the day if you're a travel program and you can't talk about travel you have to yeah. talk about something else and and we were able to really to really help with that and and we saw a lot of changing trends over that period so being able to pivot and move quickly uh, yeah. was critical to how how we work with the partners 
Yeah, yeah. And and I've certainly heard it, James, coming through. Um, as you know, I've interviewed Emirates on the show, um, yep. IAG, Flying Blue. And part of that is actually through through you guys um, yes. to have those wonderful conversations. Uh, but even beyond that, you know, I've been super impressed with that vision of becoming more relevant every day because, you know, we don't all have the, the blessing of jumping out of bed every Monday morning with the trip on the horizon. Um, so the everyday relevance piece is obviously something that's giving them a whole new way to engage with their members. It, it, exactly that. And, and you know, there's been a lot of industry buzzwords around personalization and, and, yeah. and, and, and driving offers that, 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 that people really want to engage with. Ultimately, it is about simplifying and saying, how are we relevant and, and how can we add yeah. value to yeah. the everyday? And I think if you distill it down to that, but then all of the thinking behind, how do you really understand that? How do you you use data. How do you engage with the audience in a way that enables them, importantly, to share that information into you so that you can really drive mm. the right level of engagement? And, and, and that's mm. a big part of, of how we work with both yeah. the clients you mentioned there and, and, and many more that we work with globally. Yeah, yeah. And my own background, James, in loyalty actually began, well, first of all, in Emirates uh, 20 years ago on the digital side, which I know is a key passion point for you. Um, But I do love this idea that you said it's simplified. And because partnerships was a core part of what I did, what I was never able to do as, you know, Paula Thomas, the, the one woman show was to scale up to, to a yes. level that a program needs. So, so I'd love you just to explain um, what you do between the various stakeholders, because, you know, as I said, I had my own simplistic understanding of it has to work for the program. It has to work for the partner and it has to work for the member because yes. ultimately it is incredibly time consuming to get a compelling proposition that everybody's comfortable with. So once yes. you get to that stage, you actually want it to continue forever. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and, that, and, and yeah, it, it's it's exactly that. And and again, it's it's, it's quite simple to, to describe it in that way, but it's quite complex to find the right balance yeah. between yes. those different objectives. And it, and it is sometimes being able to step back and understand and yeah. align to the objectives of all of the audience and participants within it. Yeah. So value dynamics, without being being uh, too obvious about the, the, the naming, we yeah. were created to, to deliver a dynamic value exchange between exactly those three parties that you've just described, between wow. the programs, the, 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 the clients who, who have the marketable audience of the end customer, the members, um, yeah. and then ensuring that we get the right level of engagement and understanding uh, in terms of the merchants and advertisers who want to reach that audience, um, yeah. but also really understand the value that can can come through that, that highly targeted um, mm. marketing opportunity and, and, and buy into that long-term vision. And, and that's everything that is really important to us. This isn't about a short-term tactical solution. This yeah. is about forging and developing long-term partnerships again to, to use some of the phraseology from from yourself yeah, yeah. that that's really important people need to see that ongoing uh, return and, and attributable success and return on investment to really continue to drive that that, that level of engagement mm. and we we will work with multiple programs and multiple partners and contribute the, the collective value that that ecosystem brings and that that's really important to us that, that yeah. we can clearly demonstrate the value and the return that they can they can get from it from 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 all parts of the the, the mm. audience members 
And and given, I suppose, how mature I would say the UK loyalty market is, James, in my yeah. in my view, um, and I know Collinson's very strong in Europe, you're very strong here in the Middle East, and of course, you know, huge aspirations and some great stories I know of case studies elsewhere. But how mature or um, educated would you say the merchant community is about that opportunity? Because my, you know, my, my experience is, is 10 years old now in terms of doing this, as I said, as a one woman show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's fascinating to see it grow. And I love that you're actually doing it at scale. But I'd love to hear what response you're getting. So it's actually been been a, a, a part of the business I've worked in for, for many years as well. I probably slightly longer than 10 years, if I'm honest. Cool. So yeah. we, we started the, my background is digital performance marketing, affiliate marketing. Oh, cool. So that's always been at the crux of, of how we've understood and, and, and got into some of the early partnership models. So I actually yeah. first launched a program in Australia uh, 14 years or so ago. It's still a client's day. Wow. Virgin Australia, Velocity Rewards. So that was yeah. our first um, cool. online yeah. e-store e that, that, that we launched. Yeah. And I've launched in, in most, pretty much every market since. So we actually started Australia, Asia and then came back into to UK, US. And I think I think the, the background and where we came from in the mm. early days using the affiliate marketing proposition and the principles of the performance marketing model, yeah. I, th I think it's fair to say that many of them were initially formed as fairly passive relationships. Yeah. So sometimes the brands and the retailers wouldn't even necessarily know that they, they were part of the program or the dynamics of how the program worked. Mm. And I think that's the big evolution that we've seen. Over time, we've seen the brands really start to understand how it's a, a potentially very relevant, marketable channel and affiliate marketing, performance marketing evolved and matured very quickly. But also this is a specific aspect of performance marketing yeah. became a really well understood model. And, and, and we've been able to hopefully help influence and, and build that. And it, as you say, that's where you can get can get the scale. We, we work very closely then with the advertisers to understand their own campaign objectives, their own marketing performance and their own marketing budgets to drive real value into that. So it's gone from a very passive relationship to one that's much more yeah. strategic and, and, and engaged. And that's really important. And I'm just guessing off the cuff here, James, but knowing what I do about loyalty and a little bit about affiliate marketing, nothing at the scale of, of yourselves, but what I would guess is that advertisers will find higher conversion rates, a higher quality audience, um, yes. purely by, by virtue of the fact that you're already a member of a program and you trust then the partner that comes in through that affiliate much more than if it was my local newspaper, for example. Exactly that, and and I think I think that's a really important part of the dynamic as as we're evolving as well. That there there are a number of KPIs and, and and performance measures that we'll put around this, and as you say, it could be a conversion. Yeah. We which you see some very very high conversion rates based on some of the marketing uh, execution that, that that the programs will do, which is highly targeted and, and again very relevant. Yeah. yeah. But also it can be some of the other metrics around it. It could be average order value, the basket size, the, the type of audience that, that we're typically giving access to yeah. is perhaps um, those that will spend more or all will be very responsive to special offers and, 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 and 
increased earn rate periods and, and they'll they'll go and spend more as a result of that. So that's yeah. really important to, to work that back as well. It's not just a one-way dynamic relationship. Yeah. Um, we will go back in and make sure that the retailers are seeing value from that, both in terms of the, the particular campaign they're driving, but also the long-term return on investment they get from their advertising spend, which of course mm. is, is critical for everyone. Of course, of course. And and I think you know, James, that the audience of this show is certainly, you know, a lot of, yes, travel loyalty people, uh, but but a huge amount beyond travel. Yes. So, so how is the model evolving, I suppose, in other sectors in your experience? So you're right. We, we've had a big focus on, on, on the travel side, predominantly driven by uh, the, the, the principles of the loyalty currency and that that, that being at the heart of, of, of travel programs, particularly frequent flyer programs historically. Yeah. But I think if you if you transpose that mechanic or, or, or the concept of, of, of drawing value from an ecosystem, you can apply that into many different uh, areas and, 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 and industries as well. Mm. So we've seen a lot of movement and a lot of focus for us has been in the financial services space where okay. it may not be a points-based. We still work with some points-based um, banking programs, mm. but also delivering straight into a cashback proposition and, mm. and, and delivering value in a different way. Mm. But the challenge has been the same, and there's a lot of uh, consistency with trying to drive value through a, a relationship beyond just the core product or the core proposition that yeah. maybe you're, you're most engaged with that audience uh, with. So... Even some of the the banking apps, I may use my banking app every day, but it's a mm. quite mechanical transactional relationship in terms of how I manage my 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 my, my, yeah. my daily money. Yeah, supplementing that with other reasons to engage and other value I can get from that relationship, I think is really important, and we're seeing that as a as a as a rapidly changing trend as well. So I, I love to hear about that. As I said, James, I, I saw so much research about how consumers really do rate that particular, um, I just suppose, their, their perception of the effort that goes into building additional propositions once I'm in that program, because we all know we don't want to join 20 loyalty programs. We just want to join one that makes, makes life uh, easier and more worthwhile. But you also used a word earlier, James, which I love, and it was just this idea of evolving. And I think we all know that, um, you know, if, if we didn't know it before, obviously, we certainly know it now. And I loved what I saw Collinson doing um, with everything and anything that has to do with the, the dreaded pandemic that we won't linger on because I think we are all a bit <laughs> bored with it. But nonetheless, I think you guys stepped up and really created solutions and testing facilities. Uh, you are lobbying for travel restrictions to be eased. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, James, and just kind of say, to me, that was a huge gesture and signal of, you know, I suppose the family values that I know drive yes. the, the company anyway. But how was that for you guys? Was it was it chaotic or, or how was it to build something so new so quickly? Well, I have to say, so someone, someone that's worked for Conson for a number of years, it, 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 it doesn't surprise me that the approach there was to pivot and, and, and find a way to support an industry that obviously we've been very close to. Yeah. And, and it's critical for us as a business. So, yes, of course, there's interest for, for, from our side to help yeah. get people traveling long term. But it's yeah. much deeper than that. It's wider than that. It, it's, a, it's an opportunity to leverage relationships and value and trust that we have 
and mm. help support uh, an industry that ultimately yeah. is, is critical to, to how people live their lives and long-term well-being. Everyone is very, very um, focused on, on, on travel and being able to travel, whether that's for work, whether it's in friends, family, yeah. um, or, or just, just, just for some, some, some downtime. So there was always a view that we needed to, to, to return and being able to play mm. a pivotal role in that as a business was, 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 uh, you know, a, a moment of pride for everyone involved in Collinson. And, and it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's been a very challenging time, but it's, yeah. it's very rewarding to see the engagement and the, and the yeah. amount of value we can add through that as well. Well, I can't top your um, your ski trip that you mentioned at the start, James, but I did go on my first city break last week. So um, that actually felt like, again, a dose of normality, again, when I used one of your lounges, yes. um, but where I wasn't just traveling for, for reasons back to friends and family, for example. It was something that I could choose to do and do uh, in relative comfort. So, um, yes, it is a relief all round to, to be getting into a sense of normality again. It is, and, and we're we're seeing that as well through a lot of the the, the programs and and clients that we work with. We've been through a very different and dynamic environment, where yeah. the, the the focus on the type of transactions that were going on changed dramatically over a period of time. So, again, it's been absolutely critical to us how we can really pivot and react quickly. Again, that's. Yeah. A, as you, in your example of how how we supported the the, mm. the the testing airport testing process, that's the culture we have as a business. But it's also something we live and breathe every day. So being able to react and see that you know, mm. during a lockdown period, people aren't obviously spending in in, in high street and, and offline, much more to an online proposition. Being able yeah. to react to that and understand what type of retailers people were transacting with during a lockdown period, yeah. helping the retailers understand how they can get quick access to the right audience, but also yeah. manage that against their own restrictions, budgetary restraints, logistics mm. of delivery. We had to we had to be very flexible throughout that whole period. And yeah. it is now feeling that we're getting back to, we're seeing yeah. travel pick up again. And we do a lot of work in the travel space. Yeah. Um, it, it's up 257% so far yeah. year to date compared to last year. Wow. Um, but we're also seeing that as a as a continual change. It wasn't just a spike back. It's It, it stayed at a high water level again. So I think Perhaps the early days we saw travel recovery was people who were absolutely desperate to get back out again, mm. again either because of business business uh, pressure and reality of needing to travel, yeah. say going back to see friends, family, and actually kind of see family you you may not have seen for years, or even new family members you'd never met. Yeah, and I think we're now seeing that much more leisure-based travel coming back and people having that confidence to travel, and I think that that's critical to the long-term survival of the industry. Mm. And tell me then, just with the the fact that, you know, as we talked about, everything was accelerated in terms of online spend yep. uh, throughout the last couple of years. What do you think will happen as we do return to normality, the high streets reopen and people are back maybe in the office like you are? Um, you know, do, like what, what kind of patterns do you think will happen for, um, you know, these kind of uh, propositions as we as we do return to normality? 
I, I think, well, first of all, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really key point. What, what's happened in, in this period, there has been an acceleration of things. Um, yeah. So as you said, a, a move to digital, a move to online uh, was happening anyway, and this has just accelerated some of that. Mm. So I don't necessarily think it will go all back. You know, mm. even if you look at how people pay for things nowadays, it's very, very different. Yeah. This kind of contactless uh, payment is, is just, again, accelerated. And, and to reverse that, it, you probably don't need to, and it, and it won't happen. Yeah. So I think we will see more of those type of trends coming through. Mm. But of course, getting back to the high street and getting back to physical uh, yeah. retail and and food and beverage type 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 uh, transactions is is going to be a, a big movement back. Mm. We've we've spent a lot of this time actually um, working with card linked capabilities and card linking offers cool. um, and, and we're seeing that across multiple channels so yep there's a big movement to digital as well and, that, and that's great and we, yeah. we can touch on, on on some of the opportunities that, that brings later mm. but in terms of driving people back to the high stream but back to an offline uh, environment I think yeah. there's, there's, there's a really key role that that can play as well. Yeah. And I've said it before on the show James uh, card linking is my single favourite evolution and I'm going to call it a fairly dramatic evolution um, in the whatever 10 years that I've been in the loyalty industry. There are so many trends and, and propositions and things that I see and talk about but card linking is my favorite. So just maybe for anyone who's not familiar with the concept would you mind just kind of explaining I suppose the consumer proposition so everybody has a clear understanding of how it benefits the sure. members and then ultimately of course for their own programs how it applies. So at a very simple level, a, a, a consumer, a customer uh, can register their payment cards. And sometimes that would be pre-enrolled for them if it's part of a, a, of a banking proposition. Mm. Or it could be an open program enrollment where you can um, add as many cards as, as you'd like. Then, then you're working again back into a retailer or, or, or advertising network who want to get access to, 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 to those registered cardholders. And we're going offer merchant-funded rewards to help drive that engagement. Mm. So when those customers who have linked their cards then go and transact with those retailers, the, the, the mechanism allows us to, to understand and then reward for that for that engagement or that transaction or whatever whatever the action is that's been that's been taking place. Mm. And there's various mechanisms and, and 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 facilities that sit behind that to help drive and demonstrate that 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 uh, that attribute attributable uh, action. But yeah. the simplistic piece is. You register yeah. a payment card and then you can go and spend with, uh, with retailers and be rewarded for doing so in the, yeah. in the program that's relevant to you. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to whip out another piece of plastic. You don't have to open an no. app. You don't have to do anything. It's, it's exactly that, and and, yeah. and that's that's the key part of the proposition. There's 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 no training as the staff at, yeah. at, at the point of sale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as you say, there's, there's no other card needed. Uh, not necessarily needed needing an, an app, but obviously it supports um, payment yeah. by phone as well. So yeah, yeah. A very very flexible way of dri driving that engagement. But again, then also being able to demonstrate the value off the back of that, it's, yeah. and that's critical to the retailers as well. Okay, okay. So then, you know, moving forward, I suppose, James, you know, we're all getting, you know, all sorts of messages about metaverses and crypto and uh, NFTs and all sorts of things, uh, most of which 
you know, I haven't really heard um, a lot of um, case studies around. I think I've only had one so far um, that's been talked about. But what are you guys thinking about in terms of, you know, the whole world of crypto? You know, I guess, you know, it is a, a different form of currency. It probably has value. Is it overrated yeah. or, or wh where are we at? I, I, I certainly don't think it's overrated. I think like anything that, that that's new, yeah. Um, there's both excitement and opportunity, but also a certain amount of skepticism. That is it going to be the, the great, the great new thing that everyone thinks it could be? Yeah. And, and you know, we, we've all been there before with with a number of other things, and maybe they didn't always happen at, at the pace you'd expect them to. Yeah. I guess from from our position, it, it, it's it's less about this whole new world. It's more about again being part of an evolutionary change to the way the. The, the level of digital engagement and how digital engagement is is, is happening. I think that, that's where the opportunity is. Um, and we've obviously seen a big evolution of that um, over, over time. And to me, it's more about offering another opportunity through another mechanic to achieve that same end goal, which mm. is being able to demonstrate and add value through people's engagement. Um, I saw an article yesterday and it was it was on the Collinson group website so there's a good article on there so I, I won't I won't take credit for it but mm. it was a very simplistic definition that said cryptocurrencies are effectively the concept of digital money yeah nfts are the concept of digital property mm. and the metaverse is the concept of digital spaces so mm. they're all the same things we've done before but it's just different mechanisms that that, that, that sit around it mm. so ultimately it is still understand it's the base principle of money it's yeah. the base, base principle of ownership of property. Yeah. And it's the base principle of, of being in the space in which you are operating or functioning. So yeah. I think, again, taking it down to that, that simplistic view, there's then huge amounts of opportunity that can, can come off the back of that. And as you say, there's not always the use cases out there today. And it's mm. about how us collectively as marketers can then drive those mechanisms to understand that opportunity and be able to drive drive those level of this, levels of engagement in in the in these new new technologies, mm. um, you know, we we've spent a lot of time you know, on on the other side. We've spoken quite a lot about our, our earning capabilities and how we use yeah. card linked and, and the affiliate channels to drive merchant funded rewards in. We also do a lot of work on the redemption side and, and have worked in the redemption stores and traditional e-commerce world. Yeah. But we've also spent a lot of time with, with programs like Accor um, yeah. Yeah. To, 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 to develop event-based activities. So these are kind of money can't buy, uh, not you know, limited number of tickets or limited number of signed football shirts, whatever it may be. Yeah. And really that we just see the NF NFTs and, and the evolution of that as, a, as another part of that type of event-based um, activity yeah. and, and being able to attribute value against that. Obviously, it goes further because NFT, you, but by being the nature of it is a smart contract, so it's programmable. Yeah. So once you have that engagement, you can do more with it and you can recognize more and you can reward more off the back of it. And you almost create these subgroups of, of, of specialist or, or very tailored communities that you can you can yeah. interact with beyond uh, a, an initial transaction. And, that, and that's really exciting for any program. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's definitely the um, the early adopters, of course, that are the ones that are, I, I guess, pushing for it. And I guess, yeah, none of us wants to risk being left behind. So this is exactly the point where, you know, we work with our trusted partners and we, we look to you guys and say, you know, can you give us a hand here? And uh, yeah. as you said, everybody's ready then to give it a go because there's enough brains around the table, you know, to, to try something and see what, what the customer actually likes. Exactly that, and I think that's that's an important role that that will play in this as well. Yeah. Um, your example of, of how Connison pivoted during during the the the, the COVID pandemic and, and and got into airport testing, etc. That that ability to invest and 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 create an opportunity and to understand how um, a changing world can 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 deliver that opportunity to do something different yeah. it, it is at the heart of what we do and. It's not always possible for everyone to invest in, and, and do that. So yeah. we can play a role and, and, and help people through that process. Then, then there's obviously going to be real interest in it. Yeah. And I think if, if I give an example of a, of, a, of a airline client who we worked with or had continued to work with, I remember about five years or so ago, we were in a, in a session with them, and we were there to, to play the role of, of you know, bringing some retail partners in into. How we would engage their their, their, their customers and, and and bring offers into their into their member audience, mm. and the statement was, "You guys are sat around the table because we know how to put people on airplanes. We don't know how to do retail <laughs> e-commerce. Yeah, um, but our role is to help help bring that forward and help it. You know, nowadays, yeah, they are very comfortable doing that. That's part of part of their core proposition is." how you drive engagement into the retail commerce environment. Yeah. However, what they probably now say is what we don't know is how to realize the value of NFTs and blockchain and some of the other things that are coming through. So we need to continually evolve and continue to look forward to what, what is coming next yeah. as well as deliver the, the reality of what we're doing today. And, and that's hopefully what we achieve. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, on that note, James, I've asked all of my questions. Um, really interested to hear what Value Dynamics is doing. Um, as I said, I'm a huge fan of affiliate marketing for actually even longer than you guys, would you believe? <laughs> <laughs> I did experiment with it uh, way back uh, in my own days with Emirates 20 years ago. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's it's a very exciting time. Um, any other key points that you think are important for the audience to understand, James, before we wrap up? Uh, look, I think I think we've mentioned affiliate marketing as well at, at, at quite a few times throughout this, and, and and that is another good example where there's been quite considerable change and market change coming through. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a lot of press and and, and news around the cookie the, the cookie tracking and and how that's going to change. Sure. Again, I just want to just want to get across you know, for, from our perspective, we we see we understand that change coming through, but ultimately where we have been focused and working with our retail network and our partners for a number of years yeah. is to understand that that change is coming. Mm -hmm. um, cookies, third-party cookies no longer being supported does not mean the end of, of the affiliate marketing channel per se. Okay. Um, there's a number of things that, that, that we've put in place um, to, to, to support and drive that. And ultimately, mm. this is about uh, being able to demonstrate and prove that you're driving the right consent and the right use of, of people's data mm. um, to achieve a, a common end goal. And I think that's exactly the heart of what we do. So um, I just want that one of the, the, the last messages to be that affiliate marketing is, is certainly not dead. Yeah. Um, the concept of performance marketing 
and yeah. the changing mechanisms that we see through many yeah. of the things we discussed today. That, yeah. That's where the future is and, and, and that's what we're very excited by. Well, exciting times ahead, as we've already seen. So, listen, I just want to say a huge thank you for all of your insights. James Berry, Commercial Director of Value Dynamics at Collinson. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.